I often say that addiction is the result of not knowing how to find safety inside of yourself. So you find it in something else and understandably you get hooked on it because you're desperate for safety. That's all you're guilty of. Any of you looking to learn more about supporting addiction recovery through a trauma-informed and somatic lens and a nutritional lens, please join me for my addiction circle. This is a bi-monthly, entirely free, virtual circle that I invite anyone here to come and join if they want more information. Addiction tends to be so steeped in shame, and I find that doing this work in a community of people helps to destigmatize that shame so you can see how not alone you are in the experience. So whether you are personally withdrawing, preventing, experiencing relapse, or you work with people who are actively addicted or in recovery, all are welcome. The next addiction circle is Tuesday, July 2nd at 4 p.m. EDT. This meeting is not recorded for the sake of anonymity. No registration is necessary. Just join through the link below. On today's episode, I navigate how trauma can heal through revering and honoring it. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. Hi, everybody. I was expecting to interview somebody who didn't show up today. So as I was sitting here waiting, I thought, I'll give it five minutes. I gave it four <laughs> because uh, I still do have a bit of a flight response. So I do things quickly. And um, I thought I would just kind of freestyle a bit with y'all and do a little navigating episode. Um really around um, healing trauma through revering trauma. And I'm going to open this episode with a post that I wrote a few weeks ago. And the title of the post is Trauma is Like Being Electrocuted, Electrocuted by the Divine. Trauma is Like Being Electrocuted by the Divine. I'll read to you what I mean by that. When I meet someone who's been traumatized, part of me feels like I'm meeting a celebrity. They might see themselves as broken or victim or messed up like I once did, but I see this incredible vessel of a body that's been kissed by the electric goddess herself. I overcoupled trauma and PTSD for years as something terrible, awful, even pitiful, like it wasn't fair that I had trauma. And then I started the strange yet effective practice of relating to my trauma as a being through the lens of somatics and animism, and everything began to change. Just like the lightning that strikes fertile soil and destroys a tree, trauma is that same electrical current moving through our beautiful tender bodies. 
and new life grows from the strike. It's a universal energy that benevolently propels us away from a moment of potential life threat. It's not a bad thing or even an unfair thing. It's divinely perfect and just. I wouldn't be reading this to you without it. Because most cultures are post-colonial, we don't live within the realms of animism, simply meaning everything is a living being with a soul. So we see certain beings like humans as separate and hierarchically superior, and we believe we're immune and non-related to the laws of nature. But we're not, and trauma is nature. The sooner I was able to experience this, the sooner I transformed from a broken individual with a list of diagnoses into a product of God herself. I merged with the rest of the world, the universe, and all the beauty that is in the forest and no longer separated my experiences from one of a thunderstorm or of a flood or of a squirrel getting hit by a car, my car even. It all belonged, including my trauma. This reverence and respect has changed my life, and it's why I'm able to work with thousands of traumatized bodies and still sleep at night. It's because I'm amazed that they walk with this most magical being in their bodies. And my job is not to give them another label, but to show them how to create room in themselves to meet something so powerful with enough expansion that it metabolizes and balances in their systems and they emerge feeling safe in themselves. This is how I experience trauma. And if you're new to my work or holistic somatic lenses of trauma, it's gonna sound strange to you because we overcouple trauma with the events. But what makes something a traumatic event simply is not the event itself, but how the body was able to respond to the event and able to metabolize the reverberation of the event, right? So the response to an event is that electricity I'm speaking about. It's divine. It's so powerful that it takes over our bodies. It's so powerful and so beyond us that it propels us into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn without our consent. It's not asking. It's doing. It's propelling, and it's all for our survival. So when we're able to understand trauma somatically, and I guess in this context, spiritually or even mythologically, we're experiencing more than even understanding. We're experiencing trauma as a force that moves through me to help me live, to help me survive something big. We are, I am not talking about abuse. I am not talking about narcissistic abuse. I'm not talking about um, sexual assault. I'm not talking about war. Those are just one of a million things that cause trauma in this lifetime. I'm talking about that reverberation inside of us. Let's all just get still for a moment and consider from where does that blossom? From where does this electricity move me into being alive, into surviving 
for some of us, moment after moment of threatening, possibly threatening, and overwhelming events. If there was such a person in our lives that created such a safety for us, we would worship them. Instead, we innocently overcouple the force in our body of trauma with the events of trauma, and we shame it. We think there's something wrong with it or with us. We see ourselves as broken. We see ourselves as, I need to get rid of my fight response. I need to get rid of my flight response. I'm so embarrassed, I just dissociated and forgot what I was saying. We, first of all, identify with the response, but we, we view it and perceive it as something negative, something other, something we're trying to cast away, as if it's a spell. And it's not a spell. It's from the earth itself. And when we feel into our bodies, which are essentially moving mountains and streams and clouds and skies inside of us, we start to notice that rush that comes through me before an anxiety attack. That's what happens outside of me during a thunderstorm when I see that huge bolt of lightning explode the sky. And the reverberation that echoes thunder that just ruptures through everything, shakes the ground, sometimes lights things on fire, sometimes explodes things, right? We, we don't witness that as a problem. We witness it as a natural inheritance of earth. I'm watching the water flow down this creek next to the mountain that I live on. And I'm just seeing how it just drops its body, its big, long, you know, earthly body. It just drops one rock after another. It doesn't mourn its existence. It seemingly, it doesn't wish it was ice right now. It doesn't wish it was evaporating as a cloud. It's just moving. It's just being whatever its natural self is expressing. I find that with colonization, we inherited and practiced this new concept of being separate from nature, of being superior, right? Like if we think of that term human supremacy, there's a superiority there. And in that superiority, we actually believe that bad things shouldn't happen to us. We believe that inconvenience and irritation and being triggered, all these things, they just shouldn't happen. And I actually see that as uh, just another arm of colonization. We've removed ourselves from nature's law in our minds, not actually in our minds, so much so that we resist death. We resist death, which is the most natural, beautiful, life-giving experience. And so I find this so important to settle into because I have worked with thousands of bodies by this point, and I've worked with my own thousands of times, continuing to, right before I got on here, I was working with my own body. 
I should, I should, I guess I should say listening, relating, because working just has that idea of like something has to be fixed or something. There's an end to the work. For me, a relationship and a practice, there's no end. It's, it's a constant cycle. So I've sat with so many bodies and the bodies that I've seen heal and release. And again, heal for me, it just means I feel safe with what comes. It's not like I reached the summit and now I'm good. I'm enlightened. I don't believe in that for myself or anyone. But these bodies settled into their true nature, their true nature at that moment, which for me means if I'm anxious right now, I can settle into the anxiety. I can feel how it moves through me. I can listen to it. I can respond to it. I can sit with it. I can relate to the anxiety in me. And when I'm filled with joy and expansive and there's no fear or anxiety in my body, I can settle and relate to that. It's an unconditional relating is when I think of someone who's healed or healing. I think of someone that has been to a a despair within them and found safety in that despair. So there's no more dangling carrots of fear in the future because I've already been with despair and grief and mourning and hatred. And I've met them and kissed them on the lips, on their electric lips, right? And when the electricity moved through me, I breathed and let it, I let it take over me. And through that taking over me, something transforms. Because my resistance and what I was getting to when I said I've worked with so many bodies, the bodies that resist the electric kiss of the goddess, the bodies that resist that surge that's overwhelming, Those are the bodies that stay in that reenacting cycle of almost completing what we call a trauma response. The body almost exhales it out, almost releases it, but then it constricts it. And when we meet activation with constriction, we're actually meeting activation with more activation and it builds and we dissociate and we go numb, and we become disembodied, and we reach for food or drugs or people or work or money. We reach for something outside of us to try and create an internal safety. And when we're able to play with the nuance of all the textures and flavors and decadent sensations of the human experience, the quote good, the quote bad ones, we're able to play with them all we experience actual freedom. I feel so free, not because I don't think anything bad's ever going to happen to me in this lifetime, but because I have a practice of meeting whatever's happening in my body, whatever's happening in my world, whatever's happening in my relationships. There's a practice to meet those. And that practice and that trust I've built with myself to relate to all the nuance all the pain and pleasure to relate to all of it. It feels so satisfying and it feels so balanced. Instead of bypassing the pain just for my pleasure or bypassing the pleasure just for my pain. Hey, my friends, I'm so excited to announce that my next six-week course begins on February the 6th. Registration opens on January 12th. This course will teach you how to eat to restore your nervous system how to find safety in yourself, how to tell the difference between threat response and intuition. And you'll leave the course with over a dozen audio exercises, PDFs, 
and replays for review. You'll also be invited into the membership space where you get to spend time with me and my team, learning, practicing, sharing, and being supported all throughout the week. For more information, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com and click the course. Now let's get back to the episode. But I didn't get here because I was born with some incredible talent. I got here because I spent many, many years suffering and hating myself and being in pain and being sexually assaulted and just completely shutting down. And it was through music. It was through sitting with the being that is music. Again, thank you, animism. Thank you, my ancestors, really, who somehow that spark stayed alive in me, not to allow the colonized concept of there's living things and dead things, but actually it's all here. It's all a being. I sat with that vibration, that being of music that vibrates essentially sound plucked from an instrument, but we're really plucking an echo of the universe itself, right? And in that vibration of sound that bathed me, I found something bigger than me. I found something that could hold what no one else could hold in me. All that electricity and arousal and overwhelm and hatred and suicide, everything that was living in me, this being of music, this holy vibration was able to hold that. And through a constant daily practice for hours of singing and strumming and putting my hands on the keys on the piano and writing songs and just making tones and being completely chaotic, I was able to meet parts of myself. And through the meeting of all these different parts, music showed me, wow, trauma can be really beautiful. Trauma doesn't have to be this tragic, heavy, um, regretful, victim thing. It doesn't. What you did to my body wasn't okay. You violated me. You hurt me. You bullied me. You made me bleed. And how I relate to what's left inside of my body from that is mine. And the sooner I started relating to those echoes in me from those aggressive, violent, intense moments, I started finding this strange experience that they were beautiful. I would never, um, I would never advertise that. I would never suggest we go get hurt. Transformation doesn't make sense. So those of you listening might be feeling me. Others might think, you know, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I'm fine with either. Music showed me that I could sing about something that felt like death inside of me, something that was grotesque and horrible and traumatic. And the song was beautiful. So that energy that was in me, that, that actually literally made me want to kill myself, turned into a beautiful song. And I started noticing if something this potent, if something this painful can become something so beautiful and light, and I don't mean light like darker light, but light like not as heavy, why do we think they're different? I didn't have words for it then. But the charge, the electricity that propels me into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, 
that charge that gets stored, that stored response I wasn't able to have during the traumatic event that makes me sick, that gives me inflammation, that literally makes my mind crazy, that gives me complexes and sends me into therapy for decades. That charge is life force. And when that charge is related to and invited into our lives, not othered and cast aside like some dark spell, but invited like some dark, sweet nurturance, it takes us through a metamorphosis. And some some beautiful um, therapist in one of my mentorship groups the other day said, pain is an inevitable result of metamorphosis. And Yes. <laughs> when I see the tree get struck by lightning and erupt in flames and it falls and the bird nest falls and the eggs burn and the squirrels run, they lose their home and all their acorns they saved up. They don't sue the lightning. They just respond, right? The, the energy propels them to build a new nest. They create. Nature, if you look outside, is constantly creating from death from what we would call aggression and violence, nature creates, it doesn't sit in it. I'm trying to learn from nature. And music, which is part of nature, taught me that very early on. And now the somatic practice and the, the more wisdom that erupts from my body as I, as I follow my practices and, and practice of my teachers, I start to meet trauma as a being inside of me as a beautiful expression of nature that just got stuck. Too much of that big, expansive lightning in the sky got stuck in my little body. And my body's doing its best to try to deal with it, but it can't deal with it, so it has to shut down. And when I understand it this way, I don't see things as broken or right or wrong or good or bad or so unfair or fair. I see it as what is. I'm of nature. I can't divorce myself no matter how much I wish I could. The sooner I meet the nature inside of me, the ugly, the beautiful, whatever it is, the painful, the pleasurable, that relationship, that relating to that nature, that trauma, that's what transforms it. That's what actually allows it to move through me instead of getting stuck inside of me. And on the note of trauma becoming something beautiful, if you go Back in my podcast to episode 48, I had Stacia Savasa come on my, um, my podcast to talk about how your style can heal your shame. And her work with Style School is incredible. It's very somatically informed. And at this point, she's quite trauma-informed. And what why I'm going there right now in my mind is another example of how trauma is just this essentially artistic energy that's bound inside of us is an expression that wants to come through and it's being stored. And I think about how when I was, so much of my trauma came from my body. Those of you who don't know my story, I, I was born with an intersex expression. So my genitals were male, are male, um, but the rest of my body, um, my chromosomes, my hormones were expressing themselves as, as both. So I had a flood of estrogen hit my body in the womb and continue to be processed. Who knows how? I don't know enough about it um, because it's, you know, it's, it's still very misunderstood. Um, but 
I don't have ovaries that I know of. Uh, but this estrogen flooded my system up until about 15 years old. And so I had breasts, I had hips, I was very soft, I was very emotional, I was very tender, I was very internal. And the one way I learned how to cope, how to get by and not be bullied for having breasts and not be made fun of and not stand out was I created a style. And I'm actually kind of wearing it right now, which is what made me think of it. I have this this beautiful um, scarf that I have just dangling over the front of my chest on both sides to cover my where my breasts were. And I used to wear a scarf with a vest, right? And a button-up shirt. So I could hide my my breasts and no one would see them. And it created this kind of silhouette that I watched drag queens try to create when they're imitating the female body expressions. So I always felt like a drag king, you know, trying to create this silhouette that would help me pass. And it worked. It worked. And when I put on the scarf today, I looked in the mirror, I thought, oh my gosh, you look so beautiful like that. And you learned that from your trauma. That electricity inside of me expressed itself through a style because that was the best it had. It didn't know how to release. It just knew it felt really scary to be seen. So it decided this really cool, sexy, artistic, masculine look, probably more androgynous than masculine when I think about it. And that helped me survive. And now I've emerged with my own uniqueness of the way I sing songs, the way I write, the way I talk about trauma, the way I wear this clothing. And this is not to say, you know, go do what I did is going to heal your trauma. It's to say when you relate to your own unique energy inside of you that we call trauma, which is just bound up energy in response to an event that was overwhelming or potentially life-threatening, right? That bound up energy is your life force. It is your creativity. It is a party that wants to dance and move and connect. It is nature moving through you. So forget about my words. Let's do a really brief drop-in. Let's do a practice here just to feel how it feels to revere trauma instead of stigmatizing or othering or trying to get rid of it. Let's see how it feels. So I want everyone who wants to do this with me just to take a breath, just to feel into your body, not to settle down. I like to always remind us, we're not settling down to get calm. We're settling in to feel where is my body? So first, just notice what parts of your body are lit up from what I'm saying. What parts really like this? What parts are excited or settled in a way that's a ease, has an ease to them? Or they're a little open, a little more calm. Just notice these parts. It might be different. Some of you, it might be excitement. Others, it might be like, oh, I feel so relieved. It's going to be different, but just notice. And we want to notice the difference between these states of, oh, I'm relieved and I have some ease and numbness. There's a difference, right? I can feel the expansion of ease and my shoulders resting and my body just oh, sinking into whatever's holding it compared to I don't feel anything or there's an overall heaviness without a detail of sensation I can understand or describe, right? That would be numbness. And if numbness is your state, I also want you to notice that. Same thing with the excitement. If you feel an excitement, that's that energy that we would call trauma that's trying to move up and out. Like when I see, when I have butterflies in my stomach, I'm so excited for something. Those butterflies could very easily turn into anxiety. It's just about how the body's holding the energy, what it's doing with it. So just notice where's your body's physical sensation 
in response to what I'm saying. And I just want us to pick one sensation and be with it. Whether it's ease, whether it's pain, whether it's numbness, constriction, whatever it is, put your hand over it. And let's just see how it responds to us. This is the first piece to be with, right? Just the practice of, oh, that sensation in me isn't me. I'm able to look at it. I'm able to touch it with my hand and my breath and my mind's attention. Oh. And when I touch it, when I witness it, when I sit with it, what does it do? Does it grow? Does it shrink? Does it shift? Does it tell me something? What does it do in response to me? Let's release any concept of what it should do and just notice how it's different from us and how it responds to our relating with it. And just be with that for a moment. And however it wants to move you, let it move you. Let your body stretch or dance or tone or breathe or cough, you know, whatever it wants to do or self-touch. However, there's like an organic internal expression from that state, again, pleasant or painful state. How does it want to move you? There's no wrong way. Just notice it. And some might not want to even move, but you might want to notice how it wants to move you. That's fine as well. This very simple practice is just showing you something. It's showing you the sensations in me are not me. They respond to my connection with them, which means there's two people here. There's me, whoever me is, right? The observer, the witnesser, the conscious energy. And then there's this sensation in the body that responds to me. That's a relationship of two different beings. Isn't that pretty psychedelic, right? You do not need drugs when you do somatic work with me. So just feeling into, okay, wow, two different beings. There's me, the witnesser. And then there's this other being, the sensation that responds to my witnessing. And then how does that being want to live? How does that being want to express? How does that being want to be seen or not be seen or speak or lay down or stand up? This is not the answer. It's just the beginning of a practice of separating in a healthy way from your sensations, revering what's inside of you through relationship, through curiosity, instead of marking it as fight, fight, freeze, or fawn, good, bad, childhood pain, sexual violence, you know, whatever we're labeling it as. Let's just see it in this moment as how it's coming through now without words. And simply, how does it respond to my awareness? How does it feel with me being present with it? And how does it wish to express itself through me? Thank you for being with me today. That was really fun. And uh, I'd love to hear where this goes for you. So that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions. That's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it. Be with it. And let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time.